Welcome to the Thriving Birth Worker Podcast, a space for conversations about how you, the birth worker, can create not only a fulfilling and sustainable career, but a joyful and thriving life. I'm Erin Underwood, an educator, movement specialist, mother of four boys, and a total anatomy nerd. My passion is to see birth workers encouraged, supported, and empowered in their careers and life. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I am excited to connect with you today. I've been processing today's podcast topic for a while now and getting lots of personal opportunities to experience this topic in my own life and to practice, and I'm excited to share what I've been learning and practicing and to offer a perspective that, in my opinion, is needed now more than ever. And it's this idea of creating an art out of doulaing yourself. Doulaing is a word that I've made up. Maybe, maybe other people have used it too. But I love that terminology for what I'm going to be talking about today. So I'm a four-time mama. I've given birth um, full term to four full-term babies. And Um, When I went through this whole process of giving birth, it was before I really knew what a doula was. So I had two hospital births that were inductions with epidurals, and I did two home water births attended by my wonderful midwife. And after all that I've learned about the birthing community and all the amazing support options that are out there, I almost wish I could go back in time and do it again just to experience it from that different perspective and from being able to receive that incredible support for myself, I think it would be kind of fun to do that. But I'm grateful I don't have to go back in time either at the same time. (laughs) So specifically with doulas, I see so much value with them participating in the birthing experience and postpartum. So actually, my dear friend Shauna is an amazing experienced doula and I've already told her that if I were to get pregnant again I will be using her services so I've like put her on reserve. (laughs) So most of us in this community do know the benefits of a doula and I'm going to be referring to an article from Evidence-Based Birth and I'll link the specific article in today's show notes if you want to read it in full. But in this article when they're describing what is a doula and what are the benefits of a doula Um, I'm going to quote them. The best results occurred when a birthing person had continuous labor support from a doula, someone who was not a staff member at the hospital and who is not a part of their social network. The research overall found people who have continuous support during childbirth experience, 25% decrease in risk of cesarean, 8% increase in the likelihood of a spontaneous vaginal birth. 15% decrease in the use of any medications for pain relief, and the list goes on in really a lot of factual evidence-based numbers that show how actually awesome doulas are and how really vital they are to the entire experience. And we know birth is hard, and preparing for something hard is actually a really powerful practice to put that thought and intention into it ahead of time and to make a plan can help us process those intense moments um, with a little more intention. And I think it feels like we're less out of control when we've thought it through and, you know, just 
kind of have a plan. And so when we have advocacy available, having physical and emotional support, all of these are proven to have create a really desirable outcome. We as human beings are created to be nurtured and supported specifically in community. And so let's shift focus for just a second, because I think most of us are on board with this idea that doulas are powerful and can be incredibly supportive. So do you, as a human being, experience feeling nurtured and supported in your everyday life? So as a birth worker, your work can be incredibly hard. It can be exhausting and emotionally draining and traumatic at times, and also wonderful and powerful and elating. We know from different studies that midwives, which I think these studies can apply to all worker, birth workers, honestly, but the studies have been done on midwives and they have very high levels of burnout. There was a study in Denmark. There was another one in Australia, and we can see up to 32% of midwives experience a pretty intense level of burnout. And that's a really high number. The on-call life, the secondary trauma, the constant pouring out our emotional and physical well-being can really take its toll on the body and the mind. So what if you could have your own personal life doula? Someone who's looking out for your very best interest and someone who will advocate for you and what your needs are, what your values are, and really be there with you as you walk through the hard things of life. Man. Wouldn't that be awesome? And maybe some of you have some amazing partners. Maybe some of you have some amazing friends. But what if that person could be you? So before I move on, I do want to say community is vital to thriving. Full stop. There's really no way around that. We need each other. We need people to listen, to hold us, to be present with us. So what I'm going to talk about today is not in place of community in any way, shape, or form. But in addition to, I feel like this is a piece of the puzzle that often gets neglected. So I do encourage all of us to find that local community who is walking the same path as us. I love getting together with my other birth and movement worker friends, people who don't bat an eyelash when I talk about pelvic floors or vaginas or placentas, people who don't get a blank look on their faces when the idea of or words like doulas and inductions come up. There's nothing that can replace those connections and those relationships. But there is another person who is vital to you being fully connected to. And the way that I'm going to talk might initially sound a little bit woo-woo right now, but I just encourage you to hang in there with me, that you can doula yourself. So let's break a few of these elements down that doulas provide for a laboring person and apply it to this way of thinking, which I do find is a really powerful way to access looking at a new perspective or asking ourselves questions about something we might think we understand, but really gaining a new and a deeper level of understanding is to frame it in a context that we're already really familiar with. So I'm using this terminology because most of us are really familiar with the idea of doulas. And even if you're not, I'll be walking us through these mindsets. And it is also really easy to recognize that someone else should be doing this. So this is something that most of my birth working clients talk to me about when I'm coaching them through um, different mindset shifts or uh, coaching them through some 
self-care practices, they so often shake their heads and they look at me and they say, this is exactly what I say to my clients. Why aren't I doing it? And I'm going to even get into that a little bit today too. So that's important. But let's break this down. Physics, this is um, quoting the article still from the uh, evidence-based birth uh, link here. So physical support is important because it helps the birthing person maintain a sense of control, comfort, and confidence. Aspects of physical support provided by the doula may include a soothing touch with massage, counterpressure, or rebozo, helping to create a calm environment, assisting with water therapy like a shower or in the tub, applying warm or warmth or cold, assisting the birthing person walking to and from the bathroom, getting ice chips, food, drinks, etc. So I love talking about how we can physically support our bodies. So we're going to reframe this, what a birth doula does for a birther, we're going to reframe it, how can we do this for ourselves? So first, physical touch. Science has proven that we need physical connections with other humans. So again, this isn't replacing that, but this looks differently for each of us as well because it's based off of our personalities and trauma profiles, but who knows better what you need and what makes you feel safe and nourished better than you? Anything from going to get a massage to giving yourself a foot or a neck rub to asking your friend for a hug, all of these things can be advocating for and are really supportive to your nervous system. So for you to Tap into acknowledging what your physical needs are, not shoving them off to the side, and then supporting yourself and pursuing those needs is really a valuable place to start and really a powerful way to even advocate for your own needs. You can create a calming environment for yourself. So make your home. And what I really recommend is make your room your sacred space. Make it feel beautiful and safe and cozy. You can get a favorite candle or just practice keeping your room clean and uncluttered so that you feel safe and your nervous system feels really calm when you're in that space can be really supportive for yourself or even your car. If you spend a lot of time in your car going to and from um, visiting your clients, creating just one or two little things in there. That will make you just, you can have a couple essential oils or you can have always some uh, lovely snacks, something where you just, you get into that space and you just feel like you can settle in. Water therapy. The idea of taking a shower when you need one. So let's be honest. Uh, and I'll be honest. I don't take a shower every day. So I personally only need to shower. I don't feel like I need to shower more often than when I, I just wait till I get stinky or my hair is greasy. But What I do do every day is I wash my face every day with a really lovely herbal clay cleanser and I'm, you know, a nice um, moisturizer that's got some essential oils in it. And it's a really simple and easy self-care ritual that I practice every night before I go to bed. And so I feel fresh and taken care of and nourished and it takes no more than five minutes. Warmth and cold. So I see how you dress yourself as a part of your self-care. So if you want to jump back to my episode where I talked about clothing, I get a real more real nitty gritty as far as how clothing can impact our movement habits and how we can dress in a way that is not restricting, but I mean, still stays professional, but it also is that active self-care. So I'm not going to get into that movement aspect of it today, 
But I wanted to talk about just feeling comfortable. So in the winter, I always wear comfy wool socks. I love them. I notice them. They feel soft and warm and they perfectly keep my feet at the right temperature. And I choose to see that act as a really brief moment of self-care that I get to enjoy the rest of the day. So we can do these everyday habits and not even notice them. But when we can train ourselves to recognize like, wow, this is me taking care of myself and it takes no more time than any other day. I have to get dressed every day. But when I choose to get those, my pick out my favorite wool socks and put them on in the winter and I feel just amazing and comfortable for the rest of the day, it's a really, it sounds silly, I know it, but I feel cared for by myself. And those tiny shifts can actually be really pleasant reminders that I honor my own needs and I'm choosing to recognize them and I'm choosing to meet myself where I'm at in that way, in a way that's really accessible. Bathroom breaks. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Don't wait too long to relieve yourself. If you need to go to the bathroom, please go to the bathroom. Tending to your bladder and your pelvic floor is important for your long-term health. So your clients will be okay for a moment or two if you can take care of this really biological, basic biological need. So honoring yourself and acknowledging that you have physical needs during a birth can be a really wonderful way to practice embodiment. So to take that pause, my body matters. I'm going to just quickly pop out, use the restroom, breathe for a couple seconds, maybe do half a stretch, and then I'm back at it. Can be a really way to practice that embodiment. Drinking and eating. This almost sounds like you're parenting yourself, right? So do you need to go to the bathroom? Do you need a snack? Do you need a drink of water? Those are all things that you hear mothers ask their children, right? But guess what? This is a really empowering practice. To love yourself like a good parent would. Reparenting ourselves is maybe another phrase that we could use to describe it. That practice can lead to tremendous freedom. So it may sound silly, but to really reframe some of these practices as if someone really loving and kind could see me in this situation, what would they recommend that I do right now? And that can be really, I'm going to dig into that a little bit more in a moment. Back to what the article says about another way that doulas support their clients is through emotional support. So emotional support helps the birthing person feel cared for and feel a sense of pride and empowerment after birth. One of the doula's primary goals is to care for the mother's emotional health and enhance her ability to have positive birth memories. Doulas may provide the following types of emotional support to the birthing person and their partner. Continuous presence, reassurance, encouragement, praise, helping the birthing person to see themselves or their situation more positively, keeping company, showing a caring attitude, mirroring, so calmly describing what the birthing person is experiencing and echoing back the same feelings and intensity, accepting what the birthing person wants, helping the birthing person and partner work through fears and self-doubt, debriefing after the birth, listening to the mother with empathy. Ooh, I love this one. So continuous presence. This is where our embodiment practice comes into play. And honestly, 
it won't be continuous. None of us are able to be fully present with ourselves 100% of the time, but you can become more and more aware of yourself. So when you find yourself not taking a drink when you're thirsty or not going to the bathroom when you need to, or suddenly feeling that back pain that you know has been there for a while, but you've been tuning out, those are the perfect opportunities to come back into your body. Simple embodiment practices like taking a few deep breaths, feeling the air coming in, expanding your body, exhaling slowly and gently, or rubbing your hands together and feeling your palms, your edges, your skin, or wiggling your toes, neurologically connecting from your brain all the way through your whole body. These are really powerful practices that bring us present right here in this moment with my body. Reassurance, encouragement, and praise. So this is where I'm going to get into that um, reparenting yourself for a moment. So how do you talk to yourself on a regular basis? So most of us in general don't talk very nicely to ourselves. These, this is another opportunity to reparent ourselves. So imagining the nicest, most loving, most compassionate mother and asking how she would speak to you in that moment. So if your inner thought life doesn't match up with those loving and gracious and compassionate, that voice, you can start trying to coach yourself to sound more like that. It's not easy. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to do it perfectly, but recognizing and noticing your thoughts and then choosing even occasionally to repattern that thought life, to repattern those um, neurological, just those normal ways that we talk to ourselves to actually pause and to notice and to reflect and to bring those more into alignment with loving and compassion is really a powerful place to start with um, Redo, you know, doing ourselves with with being there for us, for ourselves. Again, this is might sound woo to you, but it's really powerful. I promise. So mirroring and, and accepting. I wanted to touch on this because many of us don't pause and evaluate what we're really feeling deep down. So taking time to journal on a regular basis can be really helpful for some of us. Asking ourselves what we're afraid of or how do. I really truly feel deep down about a situation, a relationship, or my business, and not rushing into fix it mode. So, just like with a doula, we often can't fix the situation. We can't take the pain away. We can't speed things up. But our presence and listening and honoring that space and bearing witness to that space can sometimes bring this to really tremendous breakthrough even faster than if there hadn't been someone there to bear that witness or hold that space. And we can do that for ourselves. So rather than, which I think a lot of us are trained to, if I'm going to think about or give emotional energy to a problem, I sure better jump into figuring out how to fix it. And rather than doing that, really just being able to sit with ourselves and be like, this is where I'm at. These are the thoughts that I'm holding. This is, you know, my fears, whatever it is. And not running from those, that pain or the bad feelings. And then you're teaching yourself that you can do and feel hard things and you're able to give voice to them without an immediate answer. And yes, if you get into really deep or hard things, trauma that you can't or you shouldn't tackle alone, please go to counseling, go to a therapist. But learning not to run from those hard emotions is a really powerful tool to bring into that office with you. Trust me, I've done it both ways. And when I'm not running, 
I make a lot better progress with my counselor. Debriefing. It's also really easy when a birth is done to feel like we have to rush back to our quote unquote real life. We maybe feel like we have to jump back in and play catch up, but finding time, even if it's not immediately after the birth, to process, to feel our own emotions, anything good or bad that came up, process any disappointment or unmet expectations that we had, disappointment in ourselves or the way this things played out or just even processing the elation. Maybe it was amazing and a beautiful experience, but giving our nervous system a prot time and access to process the good and the uh, just that almost euphoric feeling going back into that space of rejoicing is also just as powerful as giving ourselves that space to feel anything negative that may surface as well. So jumping back into the article, talking about how doulas provide informational support. So informational support helps keep the birthing person and their partner informed about what's going on with the course of labor, as well as provides them with access to evidence-based information about birth options. So aspects of informational support include guiding the birthing person and their partner through labor, suggesting techniques in labor, such as breathing, relaxation techniques, movement, and positioning, helping them find evidence-based information about different options in pregnancy and childbirth, helping explain medical procedures before or as they occur, helping the partner understand what's going on uh, with their loved one's labor. So suggested techniques. Um, I see this as being willing to find different tools. So we understand that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to labor. We know that some positions are wonderful for one birther and others can't stand it. We know that one morning sickness remedy is powerfully effective in one instance, and yet for another, it can make it even worse. And so there is no one-size-fits-all in life. And yet, we so easily can give up on trying different healthy tools for ourselves. We can have all this compassion and stamina for our clients and think, okay, I can see that you're discouraged, but what if we tried this? Because I know that we can um, find something that will click for you. We just got to keep trying. And yet for ourselves, it's just so easy to fall into that. I've tried everything. Nothing works for me narrative. And believe me, I have been there. I have said that phrase myself and just knowing that when we say that phrase, a lot of times nothing's going to change. But giving ourselves grace, if something isn't working and leaning into the bravery it takes to try again, is a powerful practice for self-care and healing. And of course, I can't move on too much except from this topic because it's talking about suggested techniques and labor for breathing, relaxation, movement, and positioning, which is what I'm all about for you as the birth worker to have a whole set of tools in your back pocket for you to utilize while you're serving your client. And that is what I love to teach and what I'm going to get even more into over the next couple of weeks. Um, the article talks about advocacy. So advocacy can take many forms, most of which are not, do not include speaking on behalf of the client. Obviously, we've all talked about this. Uh, but some examples for advocacy are encouraging the birthing person uh, to ask the questions. Um, asking them what they want, supporting the birthing person's decision, amplifying her voice, creating space or time that the birthing family may need to ask questions, 
facilitating communication, that list is really powerful. But advocacy, this one applies a little bit differently personally, because guess what? The lines are not blurred. You won't be speaking out of turn because you are learning to speak for yourself. Now, this one is another personality one where it may come easily or really challenging depending on our personalities and our trauma profiles. So I personally have a really hard time speaking up for myself. I'll be vulnerable with you. I want to make everyone happy. Back in the past, if a restaurant order like got my order wrong, I would just eat it anyway because I didn't want to be a bother. I didn't want to take up space. I didn't want anyone to feel bad. And <laughs> you know, it sounds silly, but I would just feel so awkward and out of place even voicing that they got my order wrong, even in the nicest way that I would just eat it anyway. And then um, I married, or when, I think it was when I was dating my husband, he like would see the order come in wrong and see me start to eat it. And he's like, wait, what are you doing? And I'd have to explain like, oh, this is my thing. I, I don't. And so he very gently helped encourage me into seeing my value in that I can do it really nicely still as my personality is, but I also speaking up and making my expectations and my needs clear and that I was worth it was a really powerful transition to make. And it did not come overnight. It didn't come easily. And it's something I'm still working on. But now that I've noticed it, I can pay attention to it and grow in it. So this is hard for you. Practice in little ways. Pre-practice for the bigger things. Um, like when I go to my doctor, I write things out. I write my questions out. I write all my concerns out so I don't get flustered in the moment and then forget. And it's easier when you acknowledge that you're worth it and lean into finding your voice. So if all of everything I just listed off sounds extremely overwhelming and like too much, please know you don't have to do it all today. I'm not saying to go out and practice all these tools right now. I would encourage you to pick maybe one to three that really resonate with you and start there. But if you were to become a parent and enter or enter into a serious relationship, you understand that commitment takes time. So when you're entering into this intentional relationship with yourself, you get to acknowledge that you deserve that kind of attention from yourself. So nourishing yourself into a thriving life isn't selfish. I'm going to say that one more time. So nurturing yourself into a thriving life is not selfish. It's the way we're wired. And I'm here to help you question anything that tells you otherwise. So what do you think about this take on self-care? What tool resonates the most with you? If you found this episode helpful, I would love if you would share it with another birth worker who needs some encouragement. Also, go ahead and screenshot this episode and share it on social media and tag me with your thoughts. I would love to connect with you. If you're wanting to use some movement to start feeling your body and noticing what's happening in your own skin and choosing to nourish yourself, I have several free workouts that you can find under the show notes from today's episode at thethrivingbirthworker.com. I'm grateful for each of you and cheering you on as you journey towards a thriving life. If you are connecting to this idea of dueling yourself, reach out to me and let me know. Have a great week. The information and discussion provided on this podcast are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, you should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or healthcare provider.